creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. Tuesday, July 16, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studio on the ones and twos, our illustrious brother, Chandler Strang. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, brother Strang. <laughs> <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Apostle Jesse. Joining us <laughs> 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 from Nashville, Tennessee, sister Tyler Huckabee. I'll, that'll be Father Tyler Huckabee <laughs> to you. I'm taking and charge. And the bishop. The bishop's here. <laughs> and just down the street, finally back from vacation, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Bishop Downs. Bishop. Good Annie morning, Downs. Downs. Bishop, Annie, So glad to see you. Annie prophetess bishop Downs. Downs. Welcome, <laughs> prophetess. prophetess Downs. Don't say pastor. We'll get people. We'll get in trouble. <laughs> you get calls. Yeah, now only in, in certain circles, not in the normal That's right. circle. That's yeah. right. You don't yeah. call, do you call yourself we were we had a little debate about this a little a little a little inner office drama a little peek behind the curtain for listeners I think at some point somebody said does Annie could Annie be the pastor voice and we're like well I don't think Annie's a pastor but she preaches so uh-huh. what do you how how do you define how do you self identify well, I am not ordained so uh, that is the only definition we have to worry about is I am not ordained well, and then, so uh, I am not technically a pastor yeah yeah you so want to be just, I'm ordained I can ordain I can I'll do it right I, now are you ordained? We can, we can knock really? it out by the end of this podcast. Yeah. Hey, Amy, <laughs> I was ordained for one day. My ordination had a <laughs> start a and end point. Yeah. And yeah. like the way that that, that that city did it, where I, where I officiated my cousin's wedding, it was in Portsmouth, Virginia. And I went to like, I, I was thinking, you know, there's this big misconception about uh, you know, officiating weddings where there's just some website where you go to and you print off like a certificate. Those don't hold up. Like you can't legally, like when you say like the power vested in me by the state of so-and-so, uh-huh. you have no power vested in you by the state if no. you have that certificate online. Like you have to go down to like well, the city hall. it's a state-by-state state thing, right? Like yeah. some states well, will allow it and then others still, like Tennessee just passed a law saying that that doesn't hold any water here, but right. some say, uh, the, the liberals in California, they don't care. They, they'll let it, <laughs> out there, out there in Hollyweird, you can print whatever you want off yeah, the yeah, internet. Yeah. Suddenly you're a doctor. Or an I've done a lot of research on it because people have asked me to do their weddings and it, it's just a lot of work for it to be legitimate. It was a lot of work. Yeah. It was a lot yeah. of work. I had to go down to the city hall, which yeah, listen, I, work, don't, I don't go, I don't go to like municipal buildings. I don't go to post office. I don't go to like, I, I don't go to play the, I try to avoid the DMV. I don't go to places like that. That's a whole thing. You know how many letters I've mailed in the last five years? I, I don't know imagine. that I've mailed one. I don't even know that I've mailed one. I'm unfamiliar. I'm unfamiliar with the whole system with stamps, with the flag on the on the on the mailbox. Even that. Oh, my gosh. Mix, even that mixes me up sometimes. Like, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to deal with this. This isn't this isn't the 18th century here. OK, okay Jesse, we this don't brings need up to- a fascinating story for me to tell you, because just yesterday I'm holding it to show you. I got a letter in the mail from one of my friends from college and she did not put her email address or phone number. So the only way for me to communicate 
date back with her is to mail her back a you letter. You might as well throw that in the garbage. <laughs> throw in the garbage because it's never getting returned. If I get, I a, if, if I get a personal correspondence, most of the stuff I get in the mail is either stuff from like Amazon or whatever or like bills and junk mail. Like those little like catalog, you know, grocery store coupons or whatever. If I get a personal correspondence, anytime I see handwriting on the front of a letter, I'm like, I'm going to open this out and it's in the whole letter is going to be comprised of cut up magazine letters that are glued to a letter and a picture of me with the eye holes cut out for really creepy reasons. Like that's what I expect if I get if I get a personal correspondence in the mail. There's no need to be a creep ball anymore. Don't send people stuff in the mail. Oh, that's everyone, not true. I love getting mail. Annie, everyone thinks it's weird, including no, you. You got to admit, you opened it and it was like, this is kind of weird. This no, is. I just went, oh my gosh, I would love to talk to her. My assistant Jenna and I laughed about it because I was like, do I just put a sticky note in an envelope with my phone number and say, text me? Did you me. go to high school in the 1960s? Why didn't she just send you an email or message you on social media? Like we haven't been friends since we were in college and we were in college 20 years yeah, you ago. you know the beauty of social media? I can be friends with, I, I have people that I'm friends with on Facebook that I haven't talked to since I'm 17. She and I know I'll never see me. them again, but I know Does more he? about their lives than when I sat next to them eight hours a day in school. <laughs> like I literally, literally the details about their lives from when I would sit with them for an entire year and I would they sat close enough where I could reach my arm and put it on their shoulder. I know more about them now and I'm never going to speak to them again. Like uh-huh. it would be less weird, honestly, though, technically to receive something in the mail from them now than it would back then. <laughs> back then I'd be like, why, 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 Jackie? Oh, why, why is he sending me a letter? This is this is odd. Did he? Did something bad happen at school? Was the, the principal demand he like email letters of apology? It'd be less weird now. Be like, oh, Jack's sending me a letter. I wonder how his kids doing in T-ball. I haven't seen any updates lately. Annie, you oh could go gosh. on Facebook and punch in your friend's name and city and find your friend. Yeah, I mean, on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. It well, she wrote in the letter that she doesn't have any social media. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did she send you that letter from prison? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, did she send it from the letter sure. Did she send it from her, her Amish communes? Yeah. Was the letter, was the letter written, uh, uh, with uh, cut out magazine letters. No. The last line of the letter was, please send help. <laughs> Deco- <laughs> it, the letter said, decode this and send help. <laughs> Smuggled out on pieces of toilet paper and you have to put them in order. Oh like you can't. <laughs> You're my last hope. No one's responding right, to any of my other letters. For her. <laughs> yeah. She's like, literally, no one else knows how to return a letter. Please, Annie, <laughs> can you figure this out? Because most people have no idea how the postage system works. I, I tried to start a letter writing campaign for my justice. Unfortunately, millennials and Gen Z have botched it. It has do been not. a useless campaign. They put stamps <laughs> on the back of the envelope in the center. Where do I even get an envelope? Stamps. Where do you even buy these? And, and, like, and stamps, are they just for fun? Are we just slapping them on there? Is there, a, do they have a purpose? You know, like, I don't know. I haven't done this. Yeah. Zip oh code. Gosh. Is that like my TSA pre-check number? <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I'm going to write my social security number right on the front of this envelope, just in case. I don't know if it's required, but I feel like honestly, it couldn't hurt from what I understand. The more info they got, the better, it's more likely to reach its destination. And it's imperative that Annie gets this and decodes it. <laughs> it is imperative. I actually loved it, but I get I get the line of jokes and I would never want to ruin that. But I did love getting a letter. But it's just hilarious to think about how I respond to her. With a letter. I, I, 
With any letter, with letter. Any, yeah, I just don't have a choice. Any letter I get, I, I immediately go down to the courthouse, back to the courthouse where I got ordained, and get a restraining order. And I tell, and the judge is like, "Why do you want a restraining order against the person?" I'll tell you, judge. They sent me a physical letter. What kind of psycho knows where I live <laughs> that is sending me letters? Don't let them anywhere near me. I need it. <laughs> we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, singer, songwriter, friend of the show, John Mark McMillan joins us. Uh, we're going to be talking about the future of the church and and culture. Uh, he was part of the Issue 100 roundtable that we've been bringing you some uh, interviews from. Last week, we brought you uh, Rachel Cruz and um, others. And so uh, today... I couldn't John believe Mark- I missed Rachel Cruz, by the way. Y'all know she's one of my like real-life BFFs. I couldn't yeah, believe well, it. No. Thanks for listening to the show. We did bring up your Las Vegas trip with Rachel Cruz. Yeah. And Great. the fact that she and, brought envelopes. And so. I, did a recap. Yes, did. I did a recap. That is a wild sh- story. I know your aversion to modern technology, so I knew you probably wouldn't <laughs> listen, so I did a recap of the show. And to be I fair, hand-read I haven't it. had time. I hand-read it and I mailed it to you. No surprise, <laughs> it probably got lost. It's probably on me because I didn't know your address, so I just write in Annie Downs, finder. It's not that hard. Bishop, <laughs> Bishop Annie Downs, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I put yeah, a picture. Right. I didn't put your address, but I put your picture on the outside of the envelope. I figured they could kind of figure it out. If you didn't do there. Annie F. Downs, that's probably what went wrong. Yeah, yeah. I went to, went to Australia. Uh, yeah, that's all right. the fan mail. Uh, for the yeah, other that, that explains the strange letter I got <laughs> returned to me. So <laughs> we won't go there. We won't go there. Let's just say there's an international restraining order against one Annie Downs. Oh so. my gosh, Jesse. I missed your brain last week. Sorry, can uh, we go ahead? No, I, nothing. I, so you're back. For, uh, you sent some pictures last week uh, riding <gasps> horses and you were yeah, in Yeah, and cowgirl. how many of you guys responded? Zero, oh yeah, none of you. Zero. None of you respond I was I writing you a letter, Annie. It yeah, is I the was, worst part of our friendship I was is that I send a friendly text and no one answers. Didn't well, we all think- letter? We all think uh, you send it to the group. We all think somebody else is going to reply if yeah. you send it to me individually. But you can see in the group text that no one is responding to me. Yeah. But I Good thing for me, I'm very confident in myself, and I just keep on texting. Annie, I saw three little dots from Tyler, and I thought, oh, he's got this. He's got this. And then this. they disappeared, yeah. and yeah. I thought they were coming back. I thought it's it was just Tyler. a very long reply. But I do need y'all to talk about how proud you were of me for riding. I mean, I was in my cowgirl extraordinaire best life riding horses. You really were. What were you doing? Where were you? I was at Lost Valley Ranch. Why? Out in Colorado for vacation. It was awesome. It was so much fun. I was with some of my dearest friends and we rode horses and we napped and we laid by the pool and we ate great food. It's just, it was just the most fun vacation I've been on in a really long was time. This a, I've always wanted to go to a dude ranch. It is. What? It's uh, just like, okay. hey, dude. That's how I described it to That's, my sister. Okay, because I loved hey, dude when I was a kid. And I've always wanted to yeah. know the <laughs> distinction between... I've always wanted to know the distinction <laughs> between a ranch and a dude ranch. And look, Tyler's response. Yeah, Tyler, thanks for texting through. me back. Her, right oh, I told you I saw his three dots. He's been composing that for a week now. Just for Very everybody's thoughtful. sake, it oh, says, did that finally this is come for, through? Oh, it just came through. Where it oh, says, yeah, that, yeah. looks fun. Can't wait to podcast when you're back next week. Not now. Okay. okay. Um, Jesse, it's a total dude ranch. And okay. you get to like, if you want to, you can sign up to do a horse ride where you go and like move the cattle around and you'd get to do the barrel racing. It is it is everything you want to do. My friend Chris wore chaps the whole time. <laughs> and I guess, uh, any vacation that requires <laughs> any any vacation that requires me to do any kind of work, even if it's like of the period, like ranching, and it's 
I don't want that, man. I don't want any work on my vacay. It's like, no, it's the best. It's like, so I, fun. I, like a dude ranch. I always got the impression they made you work the ranch, you know, and I'm not I'm not I'm not paying to be a ranch hand. No, okay? no, no. You don't have to like throw out hay and feed them. They, they you don't even have to put your own saddle on. You just get to ride out. I mean, there's no way five city slickers helping them move cows is actually affecting the ranch. They know exactly <laughs> what they're doing, but it is really fun for people to get to circle around with all the what are the dogs called that? Cow dogs? No, that's not yeah, what they're called. I, I like cow dogs. Ranch dogs? Cow dogs. The <laughs> sure. cow dogs that run around the cows to help <laughs> direct them. Those are there. Her- I mean, it's dogs? super fun, Her- Jesse. You'd love it. Jesse, yeah. Brad Lominick used to be the head wrangler at this particular what? ranch, you guys. Brad, yes. he was, wow. wait, okay. If you're the head wrangler, if if you ever have the there's two there's there's only two places where you can maintain the title head wrangler. And that is one, if you work at the dude ranch and right. two is if you're the chief designer at the denim company, you're the head wrangler <laughs> at that point. Yeah, you right. you personally yeah, at that point, you're personally <laughs> designing jeans for Brett Favre and little Nas X. It's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. It's a big deal <laughs> to be head wrangler. <laughs> but if Brad Lominick was a head wrangler that's a job you're that's a lifer it's right. like because yeah. there's no, there's no cooler job if you're meeting someone like oh what hey man i'm i'm an accountant or you know i'm, I'm in sales or you know i i'm wash cars okay cool i'm the head wrangler at a ranch that's the showstopper right he there. was for like five years he was the head wrangler at lost valley brad lominick went grew up in oklahoma was worked at a dude ranch and then got into christian leadership and now mentors right. church teams so, that's right. He's wrangling pastors. He sent me lots of tips while I was there. I was like, Brad, this isn't going. Me and my buddy, me and my horse named Buddy, weren't having like the dearest friendship ever. And I was like, Brad, I need help. I, I'm, <laughs> I, I didn't go to great. help you. I noticed yes, that you he did, buried, but it, didn't, it still didn't go great. You buried the lead a little bit there, Annie. Last night, I happened to be perusing the old Netflix and ended up on the episode of The Office where, <laughs> turns out, surprise. Michael and Jan went to Sandals, Jamaica, you know, yeah. on a, on a right. secret yeah. vacation. Yeah. You happen to slip in there that you're at the dude ranch with your quote unquote friend, Chad, who only wear chaps the entire time. I'm kind of thinking <laughs> this is wow. a Sandals, Jamaica uh, let me make situation. A couple of directions. His okay. name is Chris. Okay. His wife's name is Lindsay. Oh, and does she know about this work. trip? Does, does, she, know? does she know about <laughs> married <laughs> man? a very strongly worded letter where's the I don't address i'll just write chris where's the ghouls man <laughs> i was like find him post find him married it's urgent it's a couple a family it was the only single people were the wranglers and i didn't fall hey. in love with any of them oh really i, I really? would have they're, they're just them, were all young wranglers one of them could have been the next What's brad that? lominick What's the problem power with couple the next brad lominick was out there somewhere in the crowd i missed it <laughs> power couple potential annie f downs they were all I'm just young wranglers you, you said that so dismissively as if no, that no, doesn't no, they sound were like, wonderful that, that sounds, that wonderful. sounds like a great opportunity yeah. i mean i think yeah. that's an entire literary genre young wranglers i mean it's <laughs> there's there's Amish fiction, and there's another whole genre where people fall in love with young wranglers. Yeah, and and I, can, I mean, it, they have. I can see the little novel covers right yeah, now. The yeah, paintings right. of the yeah. prairie. Yeah, yeah. We did, we did the, uh, This is a few months ago now, but we did an episode where we talked about that whole subgenre of Christian literature. That's a very like. I think it's 
like Amish women or yeah, the, yeah like yeah, Amish, Amish Christian yeah. Amish romance. Yes. Yeah, it seems like there would be an a, an opportunity. I don't know if it exists. Maybe it exists, but for like Christian Western romance oh, no, no, novels, no. too too sorted. It's too she sorted. was a, she was a young up and coming star at her company, the Levi Strauss Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> One day at the denim convention, walking by the Union Bay and Bugle Boy booths, she saw him there. <laughs> The Head Wrangler. A love story. A love story. Call me literary agents. Call me. Hold on, hold on. So your romantic fantasy of of her meeting a young strapping Wrangler is that they met in a convention center at a a a high stakes world of corporate. Not on the planes. Not on the planes. Meet at Lost Valley Ranch. Yeah, not on horseback. No, not with the romantic creek. You know, uh, right? There's a creek. You're exactly right. There's a creek running right by. Jesse put them in fluorescent lighting. Mine takes place at the downtown convention center in lovely Des Moines, Iowa, (laughs) (laughs) at Denim Con 2019. (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, this I'm year's, write this book, this Jesse. This feels like a Hallmark movie we should pitch to Hallmark. You and I can put this together. They can go film it at Lost Valley. Yeah, this, this year, the, this year's using the regulars that are on site. Wait, yeah. maybe, maybe the the pretext is that when Annie was on vacation and he was working the ranch, their eyes locked, but they had a right? moment, but they didn't ever meet meet. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, there were, sure. man, that guy's fin- and it's like a pre pretext to then years later. Then we meet at Denim Con. Years later, he's become the head wrangler. Yeah, his um, life took him one direction. Your life went another direction, and you reunite. You lock eyes again at Denim Con. You are delivering the <laughs> keynote that year, and he's just oh, captivated. I'm the speaker at Denim yeah, Con, you're, and you're he delivering- didn't know at Lost Valley what my job was. There she is. <gasps> who's who's this voice delivering the keynote oh on gosh. how the heck does stonewashing work? I have to I hear it. <laughs> It sounds familiar. I love this story. Keep going, Jesse. Do we go back to Lost? Is our third run-in back at Lost Valley? No, I think you connect at DenimCon, fall madly in love, and then end up settling down together in the plains at at a ranch. You you run a ranch together. and, And together... Together, wow. you have this fantastic idea of skinny legs, j- skinny, skinny fit jinkos that revolutionizes the industry. <laughs> I did learn. Here's one thing I would teach. I did learn that a proper cowboy, you wear jeans that stack at the bottom because you never want your boots to show. You always want the your jeans to touch all the way to the bottom of your boots. So we would, I, I could do some sort of in the movie, I could do some sort of resurgence of how we make popular stack jeans yeah wow yeah. this is this is i'm on the I can beautiful I can see the line i can see the line you know this is this is it's out in the rain out in front of the convention center the uh-huh, last night uh-huh. of denim com and you may never see each other again and he goes annie wait and you turn around in the in the pouring rain yeah and and, and you're both wearing your jean jackets with the uh-huh. collars up uh-huh. and, and you're like he goes he and this is what he says he goes i always pictured myself with someone who has Good jeans, and that's it. Like you kiss, and then it's it's a match. It is it is a romance for the ages, Andy. What do you think? Do I play myself, or does Candace Cameron Bure play me? Because she's in all the Hallmark movies. I'll you get to choose. You get to play yourself. Yeah, yeah, I have to. You have have the ability. Well, it's an autobiography. It's an autobiography. I mean, it's like I mean, Uh, it's it's gonna really happen. I'm sure there was some. Maybe there was some Wrangler. 
that I didn't yeah. even notice that in multiple years yeah. when I'm speaking at Denim Con, we will see each other again. All right. Well, moving the show along. Stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices. Gold teeth, my neck, my wrist is froze. So I got more ice than, than the snow. That guy don't act like you don't know. That guy so critical. Tattoos on both my sleeves. Yeah, I don't sleep. Please don't wake me. Losing my tie up so I can breathe. It ain't political. Oh, no. You're listening to Bad Guy by Billie Eilish and Justin Bieber. Remix. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Wild Roses by Monsters and Men. Okay, it's time for Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right. I uh, obviously have a twofer, but this one I've been looking forward to talking about. I, I, mean, I might throw out the second one if we if we if this goes for the rest of the show, which I expect it probably could. It's got that kind of potential. It's that kind of slice. I haven't read anything because I only wanted you to tell me about this. I've okay. avoided it all weekend. I'm so I'm I like this. I, I like this story. I almost, a lot. I almost killed this one because it's been in the news cycle. I mean, it hasn't been a full week because it did, didn't happen when we recorded last week. But there's an important update to this story this morning when we're recording on Tuesday morning. So have you guys, Cameron, you stay pretty close to the news. Tyler, I know you're familiar with the story because we've talked about it, about the Facebook page called Area 51. They can't stop all of us. Yeah, of course. Do you have any... Of course, so, it's all it's all Twitter's talking about. It's it's one yeah, of the best of memes, one of the yeah. best memes that's been out, yeah. been out there. In okay, but there is a twist. Time. There is a twist that happened this morning that we need to get to. Okay, so someone set up a Facebook page called Storm Area Fifty One. They can't stop us all. the The, the page had a uh, a very a very simple description. We will all meet up at Area Fifty One uh, Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our entry. If we Naratu run, we move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. Naratu run is like a reference to like a Japanese comic book where you basically run with your head forward and your arms like backwards, like, oh, like yeah. almost like an ostrich run. Cohen does that, <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah. he? Sure. Cameron. Uh, yeah. I, I, that is the first person I picture when you describe that. <laughs> it's Cohen that I picture running like that. So, I can only see like the anime. Yeah. I don't really watch anime, but when I think of that, I think of the end of like different anime. Yeah. Gets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's sort of the inspiration for it. So, uh, you know, that was set up as kind of as, as a joke. Like, it's very funny. Like, just the idea of it is funny. Um, but the problem is that a lot of people thought the joke was pretty funny. And within the first couple of days, uh, over 100,000 people had signed up to join the <gasps> storming of Area well, 51. Now it's well over 500,000. Forgive me, it, where is the, Area 51? This is a question some people are asking, so I'm going to bring an, it as it's well. It's an hour outside of Las Vegas. Yeah, okay. it's in the desert of Nevada. And for people who somehow don't have any any familiarity with Area 51, it is a secretive military base that, you know, people who believe in aliens say that the government is housing all our area, all our alien secrets there, including possibly some some aliens themselves. <gasps> and what? so, yeah, they, well, that's the, that's the, the place, right? That's the it, legend. Yeah. We're yeah. going right. Well, hey, I I. 
if we've been talking about where the next podcast event is going to be <laughs> and on September 20th, mark your calendars, ladies and gentlemen, because that's when this storming is taking place. So uh, as of this morning, as of Tuesday morning, right now, more than one million people have signed up to <laughs> you are be a part of this storming of Area 51. Now, obviously, to, oh, go ahead. To the, to the point that like, now the military's had to say like we will confront this with force if you guys show up like exactly <gasps> and yeah. that's what happened so so this is, so people the, have see, died. this is why i wanted you to tell me i wanted this shock and awe to be genuine and you to be the one who shares this with me the government is going to be mad if everybody shows up at area 51 uh, all right is it so a door that you knock on what is area 51 how would you a, how do you go it, to an area it, it's yeah. a big big part of land in the desert which has like obviously like a military barrier around it you know fencing and you know like prison almost and then inside of this kind of desert area there's there's these buildings where that they go underground and they the government has very top secret things happening there and you know maybe it was like bomb testing back in the day or whatever but like the the lore is that this is where any of the unidentified flying object stuff or anything from outer space whatever this is where it's gone because underground there's this like massive impenetrable area that this is where the government is holding all the secrets that they won't share, obviously aliens and other things. Yeah. So, so they're saying like, we're going to storm the gates and they can't stop a million of us. So yeah. we're going to overpower them. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're saying. Like, yeah, okay, they're, they're, they're saying, some people so will get the, shot, the, the, but we're going to take it. Yeah, the, this the joke, is the best. The joke and the serious part is like we're going to storm the gates and we're not just going to see them aliens. Now people are saying they want to rescue whatever <laughs> aliens are there and befriend them. And so it's all fun and games. That seems dumb. But, you know, so the so the so the person that created it has remained uh, somewhat anonymous. Now, early on, he, he launched the site uh, stormarea51.us, where he's selling a bunch of funny alien T-shirts, you know, trying to capitalize. But then things got took a turn for the more serious, and he decided to post this on the page and pin it to the top because so many people were signing up to storm a United States military base. Right, okay? that seems like a bad idea. It's, it's like it's like a joke you don't make in the TSA line. Like, don't set up a page about storming yeah, a military yeah. base. Uh-huh, it's uh-huh. you know the government tends not to have a great sense of humor about these things. Zero uh, percent. Uh, yeah. So so the page is. Administrator, after setting up his online store, said, hello, U.S. government. This is a joke, and I do not actually intend to go ahead with this plan. I just thought it would be funny and get me some thumbsies uppies on the Internet. <laughs> oh, that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, everyone's thumbsies, having a good time. Thumbsies. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone is mm-hmm. is thinking this is a cool, funny idea, uh, except for those those old stick in the muds, the United States Air Force, who has issued a statement that says Area 51 is an open range for the United States Air Force, and we would discourage anyone from trying to come into that area where we trained American armed forces. The U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets. So Whoa. they're not, this isn't fun <laughs> games to them. This Even is, against Americans, we will protect. They're, they're basically saying <laughs> we, are, we, are ready to, we, are, we are ready to throw down if you guys show up. So, so, so even let's say, let's say, say hypothetically, let's say, what if, what if even 10%, what if even, a, a, you know, a hundred thousand of these million people showed up to storm the base? That's Here's a my lot. question to you guys. That is a lot. 
tactically, <laughs> tactically <laughs> and strategically is like a mass storming a good plan because I live right by a lot of military bases. I can hear them playing like the trumpet in the morning when they raise the flag and I can hear it when they put it down at night. Like and it's and it's a big military base. It's where like the SEAL Team 6 is. It's right down the street. I ride Wait, by SEAL that team, fence. SEAL Team 6 is right down the street from you? Right down the street. You should just go I, ask them about this. I ride by that military base all the time. And the other day I was doing it with this in mind. If I had, if it it wasn't just me, if it was a hundred thousand of me. Okay. And I really, and I knew there was aliens back there. Like just hypothetically, I'm probably going to get, I'm hesitant to even bring this up hypothetically because I don't want, you know, the TSA, I don't want Edward Snowden's buddies, you know, peeping in on the podcast, getting mad at my denim con jokes and then coming after (laughs) me. I don't know why they'd be mad at that, but they seem like a sensitive bunch. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad worked for the gym industry. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. <laughs> Real talk, though. If anyone does work in the gym industry, what's with those little pockets on the side? What's with the pocket in a pocket? Are those for fashion reasons? What are you putting in there? They won't hold anything. I mean, like a, like a popsicle stick, maybe. Who's carrying a thumb tongue depressor around? I don't know what that pocket's for. Anyway. <laughs> I was driving. I want to know your take on Area 51. I feel like you probably have a hot take. All I'm saying is to 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 penetrate a military base of just a a horde of people running through the open desert. I don't see it like it's it's you know it seems very doable. It seems plausible unless they literally like bombed it from the air. I mean, there's no unless there was like a drone strike or something. There's no amount of people snipers and towers that could take down a million people but, but <laughs> one issue is uh, again we have to think a little less than a million because obviously people are clowning on this but area 51 is way out like once you reach that road that turns off it's an unmarked road i've watched youtube videos about this i know about area 51 they once you reach the road it's an unmarked road that turns off in the middle of the desert you've still got a solid like five miles that's a lot of with no cover that's a long way to storm you know you have to you they're going to see you coming. What if they, what if you were in a cargo? Well, they know they won't only see them coming. They know the date. Yeah. Like, yeah. They, you know, I don't think the element of surprise would have been yeah. huge and they've lost what, that. I think the right move is to do <laughs> rent a cargo plane and get everyone to go and oh, get that's certified. A you and mean like, just, a, like a, a Trojan idea. horse? No, no, no. I'm talking about where your in heads there. at, Annie. I like you. We're sending <laughs> a big present to Area 51. It's a big hair package. Hey, guys, you're not going to believe this. 100,000 pairs of jeans just showed up. Says it's from DenimCon. Let's bring it in. Bring it. You know what? Where, where's the space on this base to open it? I know. Right down in the warehouse where we keep the aliens. Let's just open it down there. No, I'm talking about parachuting in like on Fort night like a cargo jet just flies over more all hang glide uh, like if a million people in hang gliders <laughs> just came flying into area 51 i don't know what the air force's move there is well you know? I, okay i mean let's be realistic so D- tyler talked about the the single lane road unmarked road five miles the reason why they do that is so they can block it and clog it right and yeah. and you know because they'll see it coming five miles away yeah. um and then the area around it isn't traversable by common vehicles, you know? So like, yeah. there's yeah. no way to get there other than this kind of wait, there's bottleneck. no roads. Well, there's, there's like a, there's this a single road. Yeah. There's this bottleneck road for safe, you know, security reasons. Oh, the, th- the to Jesse, I mean, Jesse, t- tell me the, the conspiracy theories that are probably on the internet around this are going to take up my whole rest of my summer. Aren't they? About, uh, oh, area yeah. 51 is yeah. famous. Oh, great. 
I mean, like could, Transformers is based on Area 51. And, and, Every yeah, and, and you could spend a whole night binging Netflix docs on on Area 51. Real talk, like there is no oh, shortage of Area wait. 51 material. So, but then to Jesse's idea of air, I mean, it's going to be a restricted airspace, and within seconds of you know somebody coming in the region, fighter jets are going to be on it, and we'll shoot down. The the I mean think about it I mean that's the thing You're of right. like this is restricted airspace we will shoot you down they will be warning the pilot we, this is coming it's coming boom and then everybody's down in one fell what swoop. if the pilot says I got a bunch of jeans I'm dropping off it's a big uh, <laughs> yeah big promotion we're doing everything from we're, we're dropping gone. some jeans and all of a sudden they're like all right come on into the airspace I mean I mean we we you got all sizes yeah we got them all we'll just we'll just airdrop them in all of a sudden it's a bunch of people just hang gliding hang gliding in you know. <laughs> I'm uh, I, I'm um, I you know the sad thing is is the the pizza guy. The sad thing is like there's gonna be a conspiracy theorist that doesn't get the yeah. joke, and there's gonna yeah. be people who show up and they're gonna yeah. get hurt or killed. I mean, they are. Oh, you think? I mean, yeah. you think? Th- my or guess arrested, is by that arrested. day they'll just like have people standing at the fence and be like, "Go back, go back, go back." In January, it was a guy in January, joking. somebody tried to breach Area 51 and he was shot and killed. Yeah. Mm. What? Yeah, that's why. Why do I not know any of this? Because the aliens. That's why I will be taking ten thousand of the of the finest uh, of the horde, and we will be tunneling in. (laughs) And I'd like to see him get us then. So they're the air force, not the underground force. Okay. If Shawshank Redemption taught taught us anything, yeah, it's it's about tunnels. Exactly. See, I'm going the exact opposite. They're masters of the air. They're they are literally the force in the air. They are the air force. I'm going <laughs> subterranean. Okay, they this is so air. outside their expertise. They're not going to see what hit them. They're going to be sitting down there experimenting on aliens, and all of a sudden, guess who just pops out of the ground, making a run for it? Ten thousand, me and ten thousand of my friends, and Jesse, we will have genes for them. <laughs> Jesse, I believe in Ocean's Eleven, they were able to procure the tunneling equipment. That's true. For four hundred thousand dollars. I mean, yeah. like I think you could do it. Small do you guys today. think there are aliens there? I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched the documentary, so I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't. It, I'll say this. This is a tangent for another show. We can no, do a whole other podcast. It's a tangent for right now. I, I, I listen. I, it's not totally implausible to me that there's intelligent life somewhere, and of course, it's, it's not implausible that. It, okay, so let's just take, let's just break it down like step by step rationally. If it's not, if it's not implausible that there's intelligent life out there, it's not implausible that, that intelligent life would look for other intelligent life, and that would be far advanced enough and would be able to get here. Like if that's within the realm of plausibility, if if they did make contact or crash land here, who is the most plausible entity to make contact and develop some sort of, uh, uh you know, secure location to house these artifacts? Well. Would obviously be the military so i'm not i'm not saying i think there are but i'm saying you know it's probably it's not totally implausible you know like it seems like if you can believe all of those things it it, it would make you know rational sense but i'm not saying i believe it i think know? the very re i mean wow. very recently two weeks ago there was uh con- congressional hearings about the ufos about that UFOs, the air yeah. force was running into in in the last year and the repeated visitations of these objects that were moving unlike any natural aircraft and are on video with aircraft pilots encountering them and they had to have congressional hearings about it and that's in the public so like what encounters have there been that that is too 
for national security reasons, you know, too much for the public to handle. That, well, they kind of keep that stuff under wraps at Area 51. So yeah. oh, I do have a friend that's really high in the Air Force. And whenever space stuff comes out in the news, I'm always like, you've known this for two years, haven't you? And he's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, they yeah, they know way more than we I, know. I do think there are there are maybe some certain persons in high levels of the U.S. government who these days could be trusted to reveal top secret U.S. intel if that existed to the public. We don't need to name names here, but it seems like it's getting a little bit harder to keep certain secrets in the, in the high levels of the U.S. military of the U.S. government and keep those from the public. And some people get a little feisty on Twitter or different social media channels and share them. So some of my conspiracy theories haven't weathered this current administration super well, because I just think I just think it would be out. <laughs> I, 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 I completely agree with you. I think the second like, I mean, I'm going to let's just I'm not going partisan. I'm just being realistic. Yeah. If the current administration is facing news, a news cycle that is unfavorable to them, they they tend to distract and do other things to get the news cycle focused on other things, including right now with the the more racist tweets and stuff like that. It's because there's some other things going on that they're trying to just like deflect from. And I right, think yeah. the second to Tyler's point, things really got bad for the administration. He would go, guess what? I found the aliens. Here you yeah. go. And that's oh. all America yeah. would be talking about and would completely not pay attention to everything else. You know, and this would be prime time with this Facebook. I this agree. would be a yeah, good time to launch a new to, to get it out. And I, and I think that's I, I, I totally agree with you, but I think there are some secrets that are above the office of the president. I agree. I and agree. That's, that's oh, are there? I agree. I, that. Yes. Oh, y'all are my I, favorite I friends. True. What a great thought. I, yeah. really I can't think believe that. that. I think just deniability. Like, that's just smart. You, that it, way, the president doesn't have to lie. The president would, but the president doesn't have to lie. Right. The, the president <laughs> lie? I, I really, I completely agree with you. I think if he knew, he would have said, and I think because of that, the people who are not appointed by individual administrations, but are lifelong security professionals in the government mm -hmm. have yeah. kept things from the politicians that come and go. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Well, well you, I mean, not to be conspiratorial, but I mean, Cameron, they might be they might be using the same play opposite. Like, hey, we can't have the American public in the news media totally obsessed with aliens and what these military, um, you know, soldiers and officers are coming forward saying that they saw. We can't let this get out. So let's facilitate uh, you know, drama with our lawmakers and our politicians to distract from the real story. Now, mm -hmm. I mean, that oh. that's getting that's getting like deep state, state shadow government conspiracy. But again, I like all of this, I'm not I saying I believe any of that. I'm just saying it's not outside the realm of plausibility. That's yeah. all. You know? Yeah. I mean, oh, the guys. fact that there's uh, institutions in the government that have been there and, and professionals and leaders that, that have been there for decades upon decades and if they're like, you know, they can't let things come, you know, politicians come and go and policies and priorities come and go and shift and whatever. And there's certain things that America has prioritized, national security being probably the top, that they just can't jeopardize if you have a good administration or a bad administration or thoughtful or uh, impulsive. You can't, you can't jeopardize certain things. And I think that there's checks and balances in place that restrict information from even the highest levels of government. Absolutely. If, if Annie or for anyone who wants to go on a deep dive rabbit trail about this Boy, topic, don't I. there is a gentleman named Robert Bigelow who uh, runs I don't a company believe called, him at all. 
he, the names. he's a he's a billionaire who runs Bigelow Aerospace, who's had multi million dollar government contracts yes. for to uh, you know to investigate um, uh, or, or to create things for the military and for the Air Force, um, and he his motives are purely to find aliens. In fact, he actively believes that there are already aliens here and his company, which works with the government. He's very kind of cryptic the way he talks, but he's a believer and he's worked through many administrations. A believer, Christian believer or a believer? I mean, he might be, but but you mean a believer believer. in. Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying when you, when you start reading some of the stuff, you're like, Oh, it's not outside the realm of plausibility, but I will say this to anyone who is planning on storming this base. It's a terrible idea. I will be there because I'm very curious, but I will say this, at least as a measure of goodwill, bring some bootcut jeans for those guys. I was about to say, the guy did him on denim is Jesse. A couple cases of bootcut jeans. I'll be out there, denim, head to toe. I'll be wearing a denim hat. I'm going to look like Britney Spears Britney and Jesse. on the red carpet in, in, the year 19, in the year 1999. Okay? I will be full. I will look good, too. I'm not talking to Jay Leno. Uh, you know, right. I'm not just talking the denim shirt and, and You're talking jeans. the real deal. Yeah. I'm talking denim jacket, denim vest, maybe denim a shirt on, underneath. Maybe hat. not. It's the desert. It's going to be pretty hot out there. Denim cowboy hat <laughs> and obviously some some liberally uh, uh, cut boot cut jeans. I mean, almost bell bottoms. I'm talking uh, wow. maybe even some denim smocks. I'm getting something. very much the. I, I, do you remember the infamous uh, Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, MTV yeah. VMAs, exactly. all yeah. denim get yeah. up from 2001? Maybe I want to say 2000, yeah. 2001, somewhere in there. Is that pretty much the look? Exactly. And 100%. Right, I think that will send a signal to the Air Force, to our <laughs> alien friends, that I come in peace and I look darn good. And uh, <laughs> Con okay, um, I know we got a lot to get to, but I, I just want to say one bit of cool news. Uh, uh, Tyler, me and you, uh, you know the story, but Annie or Cameron, did you hear about this church that ha- found a 53rd week in their fiscal year budget? Yes. Did I you love hear about this, this story, story, Cameron. Tell us, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a very cool story. It I is do, a cool hey, story. Well, so, I do read relevantmagazine.com from time to time. <laughs> I was teeing it up for the listener. You guys could have played along. No, tell me. That sounds very interesting. Oh, Jesse, I haven't heard anything. Well, I did that with Area 51 and I meant it. Yeah. No, so there's. I'll fake the, with you on this one. Stetson Baptist Church in Florida uh, noticed like an anomaly on their calendar, just how the ways the days broke. I don't know if it was a leap year. I have no idea how that happened. But yeah, how did actually, that happen for them and not the rest of us? I don't know. However, it did they had for their, the rest of them. I think everybody else does monthly budgets. They they apparently do a weekly budget. Oh, yeah. got it. They, yeah, maybe. And so anyway, they they were looking at their fiscal year and in in it, and the fiscal year was coming up pretty soon. Here, it ended in the uh, in the summer, and they realized they they actually had fifty three weeks in the fiscal year. Uh, instead of the 52. And so instead of like, you know, canceling the tithe that week, they decided to tell the congregation that they're going to do a special tithe. And people were very generous. They gave about $154,000. And instead of just like using it for like a building fund or, or you know, rainy day money or, or whatever, any you know, you could have used it for, the church decided to give it all to two organizations. One is like a local home that helps children in the foster care system. The other is a charity group called RIP Medical Debt. And what they do is they buy outstanding medical debt, essentially for pennies on the dollar. Like if a, if like a hospital or insurance, uh, you know, company is pursuing uh, medical debt for someone, that debt 
eventually gets sold, like credit card debt eventually gets sold. And you're able to buy that debt for a very low price because a lot of people look at it as bad debt. And so it's like, oh, if you can collect it, good luck. But here it is. You can buy it for pennies on the dollar. So the church partnered with this group called RIP Medical Debt that buys, you know, this outstanding medical debt. Uh, And they were able, because of how it works, they were able to buy medical debt for over 6,500 families and forgive the debt with the extra money that they raised during that 53rd week. No one told them that next week, next year only has 51 uh, weeks (laughs) in the fiscal year and they're going to have quite the deficit. But it's going to be a hard, uh, hard year. Yeah, it's uh, I, I didn't mean to break it to him, but uh, it's a good thing they did this year. Good, good work. That's, <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, it's great. All right. What do you have, Annie? OK, so there is this article that just came out that says more Americans identify with no religion than ever before. So we've reached, reached a new peak where there are more people who say they don't have any religion than ever have in the history of America. But the interesting thing is that three states out of our 50 have seen evangelical growth and have like really the churches are thriving there. And so that my question for you is, do you guys have a guess of what three states it is that have gone, gone up in evangelical growth? So it's declined in 47, but there yes. are three in which it's gone up. Yes. I'm, my right. guess yes. is that the Bible Belt has gone down because the I grew up in the Christian culture thing. I'm now I'm leaving it. I think so the Bible Belt's gone down. I think maybe more of the secular states, maybe like California, nope. uh, maybe Washington, New York. Nope. Right. Nope. Let, let me give you guys a hint. We're in the this 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 probably not a coincidence. Growth happened in the heart of denim country. Okay. Now, <laughs> with that knowledge, you make He's your not guesses, wrong. Tyler. He's not wrong. Yeah. Colorado. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess Texas. Nope. Go, go north. Colorado. Nope. Keep going north. Nebraska. Keep Minnesota. Uh, turn, turn left. <laughs> turn left. If Montana. You're the map. If you're going if you're up on the map, map, if you're going up, if you're walking up the map, I, turn Montana. left from Minnesota Montana. north. Idaho, from, Montana. Idaho. You're getting closer. North Dakota, Wyoming. South Dakota. Oh, yeah, Wyoming. You got Denim one in country. Wyoming. Denim okay. country. <laughs> Cameron, Jesse, keep you going. You're these? close. Say, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think about the... Oh, Oregon? Listen, Oregon. There, there are three state flags that are just a big piece of denim. Which are they? And you'll know <laughs> your answer. Okay, so we have Wyoming. So, Wyoming. Um, Oregon? Uh, nope, but Cameron got real close. He said North Dakota, but it's not North Dakota. Okay. I, I right. said North and South, but... It's okay. South Dakota. South Dakota. And then Where's the last, last one? one is not connected, is not one of the lower 48, if you will. Oh, Hawaii? Alaska. Yeah, Alaska. 50, 50 Denim country, line. Tyler. Yeah, Denim country. Did I say Panama Jack Hat? Did I say Panama Jack Hat? Did I say Tommy Bahama? Did I say white linen pants? Okay, no. Tyler, it's it Alaska. Denim country. It took us a while, but... Wyoming, really South Dakota, and Alaska. Wyoming. And I won't make you guess this, but the countries that grew... I mean, sorry, the states that grew in the none category of religion that are the ones who are saying more than ever they have no religion are Hawaii, so the other one, really Wisconsin, wrong. West Virginia, and Rhode Island. Huh. I thought West Virginia was interesting because I would have considered that kind of Bible belty. Well, but, Rhode Island, like three nuns move there, and it's a it's a population explosion. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, so these are the ones who have declined in evangelical. If from tw- and this is from 2008 to 2018, yeah. and this so is just strictly in a decade. The decline. Yeah, 
Just in a decade, it's gone up uh, in uh, Wyoming, South Dakota, Alaska. It's gone down in Hawaii, Wisconsin, West Virginia, Rhode Island. I I assume that along with that, the good states of Alaska, Wyoming, and South Dakota have also seen just a massive explosion in in generosity and and giving uh, decline. Like and 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 maybe in miracles and miraculous (laughs) sights, angels. We will know them by their love. And That's I right. think we're all feeling the love from South Dakota these days. They're just good That's people right. up there. I do love Sioux Falls. I've been wondering why they just seem like real salt of the earth in South yeah. Dakota. These I think days. that's really interesting that more than ever, there is a nun to religion. It almost feels also like the people don't want to say Republican or Democrat. They just want to say I'm nothing, you know, like I, I just am what I want to be. And that feels like the same thing. You know, it teed me off, Annie. Oh, I love when you it get was teed getting, off. That South Dakota was getting more like evangelical and, you know, getting some big hip churches is they actually put Supreme hats on the guys on the Mount Rushmore. It was a bold move, <laughs> but it was a very preacher, preacher sneaker kind of thing. I mean, it was a really interesting move. I mean, they're getting really appealing to the to the youths up there. And no wonder, no wonder if they're seeing an explosion. There's a direct correlation between your ability to acquire streetwear right. <laughs> growing a powerful influential ministry getting those nuns back you know <laughs> oh, you know it'd be funny if if we if we were if the whole time you're like no 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 i'm talking literal nuns like <laughs> like sisters in the catholic like church the rise of the nuns yeah. Yeah. no 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 <laughs> rise of the nuns That's it's really very funny. scary i mean they're terrifying they're going to storm area 51 <laughs> there's so many of them they've got Man, nothing to do what if it do. was nuns who decide to storm area 51 that's a that's <laughs> a great you can't together. shoot a nun nobody's going to shoot a nun nobody's so going to shoot a nun so if a million nuns didn't start see, running didn't you see um oh why can't they sister act they won't shoot a nun. That's yeah. that's the whole thing of Sister Act and Sister Act Two is they won't shoot a nun. So that's why they hide Whoopi Goldberg at a nunnery. <laughs> well, haven't you seen the town with the bank robbing movie with Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck dressing up as nuns didn't work too hot for them? So, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert: Jeremy Renner goes down in a blaze of gunfire at the end of the town, which is a fantastic movie from the late '90s, which I saw on an airplane. Ethiopian Airlines going to Somaliland, which was the featured <laughs> film. It's only it's only about 17, 18 year old movie that I got to watch. Directed again, by so. Ben Affleck, if I remember right, right? Probably like one, one of his, his best. Di- yeah. directorial wins. 12 year old was- Ben Affleck. All right. What do you have, Tyler? All right. So this is a story about a about a, a we're doing another meme. This is another story from the Internet uh, about one that's kind of it, it's kind of come and gone. But this meme pops up here and there again. Uh, and it's got a connection to to relevant uh, the Florida oh. man meme. You guys are familiar yes. with, Flor- with Florida man um, for on the off chance that you don't know, really briefly, uh, a few years ago, around 2012, uh, it became very in vogue to uh, to kind of joke about uh, local Florida stories because there was a unique number. It seemed like there was a unique number of stories from Florida that were very strange, and they would always the headline would always be "Florida man does blank." Florida man wrestles with an alligator in his back of his pool. Florida man does drugs. It sounds like a vice headline. Florida man does crazy drugs and and jumps off the roof of a building. Yeah. Weird things like that. And it picked up steam a little while back because of the Florida man challenge, which was you type into Google Florida man and your birth date. 
And the first headline that comes up is your Florida man story. It's, it's so your like Florida for mine, man story. It says drunk shirtless Florida man arrested for shoveling spaghetti. So you could see, <laughs> you could see how, uh, and the picture just looked like the old me, which is really scary. I don't know if this right. is from the future, but it looked like the old man me from the app. Wait so, a minute. Is so, it illegal to shovel spaghetti in Florida? I don't think that doesn't seem, doesn't seem like a crime. I don't, I don't understand this one. I just did this. I've never done your what you just said, Florida man, yeah. and then your birth date. Yeah. So yeah. Florida man finds bright green iguana and toilet and calls nine one one. That's mine. <laughs> that's, that's not, not even so crazy. On the that's spectrum, yeah, that's that feels not like that bad. Is a real yeah. Florida thing to do. He was doing the he was doing people a service. He called yeah. he called the feds. But I think we're going right to feel thing. bad about even taking this challenge, right, Tyler? Is that the point? Yeah, of your so that's kind of that's kind of what we're getting to. Us, well, maybe not. To shame maybe us not for bad. innocent internet fun. Uh, I, I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody to do it. And I don't know about bad, but some interesting. <laughs> there were some interesting questions raised about it because uh, the Washington Post uh, did a lengthy deep dive, and the the uh, the Florida man. What really kicked Florida man into high gear was the Twitter account Florida man, which uh-huh. would just collect and aggregate all of these Florida man stories in one place. And it picked up a lot of followers when it first came out. The person behind that account has been anonymous ever since it first started. Uh, but Washington Post uh, found this guy who's ready to come forward and talk about why he is giving up. He is retiring the Florida man account. This guy's name is Freddie Campion. He's 33 years old. He used to be a writer for GQ. Now works out in Hollywood. Um, and, uh, and he said that once he started delving into the stories behind these headlines, he realized how many of them, as is probably not super uh, surprising, uh, come from stories of people who have are struggling with addiction, people with mental health issues, uh, people who are, are incarcerated or in poverty. And so they're kind of their dumb criminal stories often came from a place of, of real desperate need. Um, they didn't know how else they were going to get money or, or were trying to do something for their family to help their family to get off the streets. And so he realized that the, that the headline was funny, but then the stories often were actually not funny at all. So yeah. he, as he realized this, he tried to rebrand the account a little bit around 2015. And I guess Florida man, and I had stopped following the Twitter account by this point, but took on a little more of an activist sheen, uh, trying to tweet out links to different organizations, nonprofits that were trying to do good things in Florida and help to alleviate some of the situations in Florida that had led to some of these stories that were very funny. Uh, that whole time, he never, uh, it, it didn't really work. That's not what people wanted from the Florida Man account. So he announced that he is shutting the whole thing down. Uh, and this is a quote that he gave. To the Washington Post, he said, the irony is not lost on me that I thrust some people into the spotlight when they didn't want it. And I was asking for a courtesy myself that wasn't afforded to a lot of other people because he wanted to remain anonymous, of course, but the people who are in these stories that he were tweeting, was tweeting out did not. Um, so I think it's an interesting... It's something that's very easy for all of us to do. I've definitely been guilty of this on social media where you start just... The, there's this dog pile. Uh, of different like funny stories that pops up of different uh, people who find themselves in the spotlight for reasons that are that are very funny to read about, but it's probably the worst day of a lot of these people's life. The their worst, most humiliating experience. That if they could go back and change, they would have done things very, very differently. And a spot that honestly, any one of us could find ourselves in if circumstances just went a little bit differently for right. any of us. So it, it it's interesting to see this guy, this guy Freddie Campion. Uh, was willing to address that and and eventually willing to give it up because he actually applied some thoughtfulness to 
the to the meme to the praise that he'd created. Yeah, and uh, I guess it got me thinking a little bit about my own social media habits too. Yeah, I think yeah. there's definitely cautions against like what they what they call punching down, like in comedy, right? Or yeah. you know, where, where where you're making fun of someone who you know is doesn't have like the power or influence that you do, versus like you know making a joke about a politician or, or or someone like that that's in a position of power to kind of level the playing field a little. But some of them are pretty innocent, like you know the person that found the iguana in the toilet. Like, I mean, that's just like well, I, I do think there's a difference between you know like innocent funny stories like that and yeah someone right. who you know committed some horrible crime you know but but it is interesting he's having that degree of self-reflection that's pretty good mm-hmm. all right that'll do it for slices stay tuned up next john mark millen joins us i just need a little time to show you i'm worth it i know that i can be a difficult person i'm a stress case drive you up the wall when i'm working actually i'm probably worse when i'm not you don't deserve it make you nervous because you know i'm a break soon every time i do i say something that hurts you acting like i'm gone but we both in the same room i don't like to be wrong which i know you relate to and i know i make you feel like you're at the end of your road that's when i look at you and tell you i'll be better alone just the pride talking isn't it because both of us know i'm the definition of wreck if you look into my soul comes out the most when i feel i'm in a vulnerable place made a lot of mistakes i wish i knew how to erase when i'm afraid might get distant and i push you away but no matter the case i'm gonna do whatever it takes you're listening to nf the song is time from his upcoming album the search well today's show is brought to you by squarespace whether you need a landing page a beautiful gallery professional blog or an online store it's all included with your squarespace website Creating a site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. You can even design a best-in-class online store for your denim collection with Squarespace's award-winning templates, <laughs> customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin, including all the tools you need to track inventory, process the orders, and send custom emails in one intuitive interface. Squarespace Commerce allows you to understand every aspect of your booming denim business. Go to squarespace.com slash relevant right now for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. For example, Jean Claude Van Damme, the cool, <laughs> no! the cool denim store. Denimcon.com. We should get that. Speaking of, speaking of, this, is, is. A, a, this, is, this is a mini slice that I just saw. I think this is a good one. Have you guys been following the saga of this alligator in Chicago? Yeah, uh, wandering around uh, yes. Park. Chance the Snapper. Yeah. Chance the Snap. I just realized he got a name, Chance the Snapper, which is a great is name brilliant. for an alligator. Yeah, they, for sure. they finally captured him. They, they've successfully captured him, and they're taking him to a to a, a better a better home, a safer place for alligators. They still don't know where how the alligator got in there. But I love Chance the Snapper as a name. Hats off to the good people of Chicago. Somebody Agreed. traveled across the country with that because those things do not appear naturally above the yeah, south. It's not natural. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Mark McMillan is a platinum selling songwriter and artist whose music ranges from being worshipful and reverent to presenting honest reflections about faith and life. John Mark is one of 40 artists, influencers, activists, leaders, and academics featured in the 100th issue of Relevant, which we look at the state of culture, justice, the church, and intentional living, where we've been and where we're going. Here is part of our conversation with John Mark McMillan.
not a lot of Christians, I feel like, are overly concerned with like putting up this wall between themselves and kind of mainstream culture. And now you have, you know, and I feel like that's translated on the other side too. You know, you've got like, you know, Chance the Rapper with, you know, uh, Kirk Franklin on his album. And they're doing essentially like these kind of takes on church <laughs> songs or Kanye West openly talking about the yeah. Bible. And, you know, th- there's tons of examples. Why do you think that mainstream audiences have kind of become seemingly more comfortable with artists discussing faith and kind of spiritual messages? I think it's always been there, you know, to an extent. I mean, you have like, you know, Bob Marley singing about his religion. And it was, you know, you've heard him on the radio for decades singing give thanks and praise to the lord and i'll feel all right i think it's because he also doesn't judge you know his music doesn't seem to be requiring anything of you i think people are more aware of coercion now than they've been they, they realize when they're been when they're being fed ads you know when they see someone drinking a coke on stranger things they know why they're drinking a coke on stranger things and i think they understand when they hear you talk a certain way about God, that yeah. you're talking about it in a coercive way, and Chance doesn't seem to be singing about it in a coercive way. You know, that may be a little heavy-handed because I don't think that people yeah. in Christian music are doing it for bad reasons. But I think people can tend to smell that now. As I think before, it's like, yeah, the music's great, right? You know, it's like if the music's good, they don't care about the lyrics. But that's just not true. It's like they really do care about what they at least assume the intent of the artists. I think because people these days are more um, aware of that, that doesn't mean that they're not also interested in a spiritual conversation. Because I think people really, really are, maybe even more than ever. feel like you know kind of to your point about like someone like a chance you know that you don't feel like there's any agenda there where he just he's talking about faith because faith is part of who he is and it's like there's, there's this real authenticity to it but there's also for audiences you know this like acceptance of kind of his struggles with with different things you know do you feel like even whether it's like a mainstream artist talking about faith or an artist that is a Christian, but talking about faith in a way that's more challenging and, you know, is more honest. Do you feel like, you know, even like your Christian fans, do you feel like they're more open to songs that have a degree of wrestling in them than they were, you know, say, you know, 10 years ago or something where Christians now are comfortable wrestling with ideas like doubt and anger and, and all these different themes in music compared to, like I said, maybe like a generation ago. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Probably 10 years ago, but definitely 20 years ago. Because and most of the people I run into, like most of my fans are also listening to uh, The National and Bonnie Bear and Beyonce. Yeah. And so it, I, I feel like 20 years ago, it was much more likely to run into people who didn't have a musical vocabulary outside of, you know, Christian or worship music. But now it's, yeah. I think people are listening to everything. Yeah, and so I think that that contributes as well, and but also culturally, like just the internet in general, I think has um, done something to us that we don't quite understand yet. 
Mm. It's like the printing press, but like on a whole nother level. Like, I don't think it's one of those things, you know, every generation, there's sort of a, uh, a technological thing that sort of speaks into the culture of that generation or the very nature of that generation. But I think that the internet is not just one of those. I think it's like much bigger than even that. I think it's not just sort of our generation's kind of thing, the way, you know, our parents had TV and maybe their parents had radio. I think it's actually changes the way we think about life and God. And we just not, we just don't know it yet. Keeping that in mind, like the way that the internet has changed the way, not just that we consume media, but like you were saying, the way that we're exposed to ideas and the way that we think about how the information and content we consume, you know, affects us in a lot of ways, you know, because it is different than a generation ago. You know, like there are there are fewer of those like shared collective experiences. You know, you got like the Super Bowl and Stranger Things, but it's really kind of content is consumed on this like individual basis to, yeah. to a large degree. And it, if you had, you know, if you had like a, a, a young artist come to you that wants to make music that reaches people that impacts people, but also is like honest mm-hmm. and, you know, is something new and, and they're really concerned with balancing, like, how do I make music that's going to appeal to, you know, audiences whose sensibilities have been affected by technology who have that ability to kind of sniff out, like you were saying earlier, those like agendas in it and like kind of the salesmanship of ideas, yeah. but also wants to present themselves honestly, what would your advice be to them as they approach creating music? You know, I guess we would call that the believability, right? We assume they're being honest. Like I assume Chance is being honest because this is high level of believability. He may just be like a master at what he does. And he may just, it may just be total BS. And he's just like, just that good. Uh, I don't think so. I want to think he's not. But you know what I'm saying? Like we're talking about believability. Yeah. So I, and people have different approaches to creating that, to generating that. For me, I think, I think the best way to do that is to try to be as honest as you can with yourself and your music. I mean, I guess everyone says they're honest. I don't think anyone says, like, I'm going to not be honest about how I feel. But I think that there's this initial, there's this initial <laughs> sort of instinct to want to make music that people want to hear, right? And, and say things that people want to hear and signal in ways that get you noticed. Um, and I understand all that. But I think there's got to be a point when you, you do your best to bypass all of those instincts and get down to, like, why you're singing in the first place and that and i'm not telling people what that has to be it might be you're singing for fun and that's like totally great and awesome and honestly if you learn how to just have fun then you're probably going to reach a lot of people because a lot of people want to have fun so if i want to reach people in a positive way i want to do two things or three things one you want to work on your craft like your just technical ability number 
Two is I think you want to figure out how to be as honest as possible um, with yourself and what you're doing. And then, and then number three, it's like you want to work on yourself as a person and let that bleed into your music. So, like, I don't like the idea of evangelistic music, but I guess for me, it's more like if I want people to understand the way I feel about God, then I just want to be really honest with myself and allow that to seep into my music. That was John Mark McMillan. Make sure to check out more of that conversation in the 100th issue of Relevant. You can view it right now at relevantmagazine.com. Up next, your feedback. You're listening to Bon Iver. The song is Faith. It's time for your feedback. Last time, last week, we actually, we didn't have any, so we just killed the question of the week, and oh, we did Ask the Cast uh, both weeks, or both both shows last week. Uh, so this is your feedback from the week before. If you remember back, we asked you what the weirdest tattoo was that you've ever seen in the wild. Oh, I and, love this. And, and your theories about why it exists on that person. Uh, here are some of your responses. Okay, so I mentioned I saw a really cool tattoo. I was on the internet, not in the wild, of a dude, of a shirtless dude, and it was a full back piece of Jesus descending from heaven, descending from the clouds, playing bass guitar, okay? And Ashley said that her husband has a theory about this tattoo that makes perfect sense. This is good. Ashley said, Jesus is the rock, and you need a solid base. It all adds up. I mean, theologically, I think she's right on there, you know? Yeah. And it makes more sense than anything else I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> there's no other... There's, there's no... There's no... There's no more... Sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's the best thing we've got. And, and I will say yeah. this. I know we've done some some reflections on the morality of it, but I'm, I'm almost uh, uh, assured that tattoo was... Uh, painted there in Florida. So I think that's just, you know, one of the one of the things on the wall there at the tattoo shops in northern in the panhandle you go on. <laughs> so you get the tribal, you get the the you know the 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 letters, the Chinese letters, or we have Jesus playing bass. Which one do you want? You gotta pick from the wall. You gotta pick from the wall. One of them is your fullback and we'll take all day. So let's go ahead and just get started on that one. <laughs> I like the one that D said he or she, it's just the letter D. Um, saw a very nice two of the Swedish chef from the Muppets on a guy's arm. What oh, would make yeah. you get the Swedish chef as a tattoo? I don't know. Like who, who, who that's, that's the, that's a deep cut. Yeah. Who, I like I'm trying to think like I, when I would watch the Muppet show as a child, I, yeah. I actually liked 
the Swedish chef. Uh, I thought he was, I, I, I thought he was funny, but he's not somebody you're going to like brand yourself with, you know, yeah. it's kind of a niche cameo, you know, it's not. And, yeah. and the other thing it's like, yeah. well, maybe they're a Swedish chef in real life, but it's like, I don't even know what Swedish food is. Like you didn't tell me like, I don't meatballs. know, some kind of weird fish. Have you ever been to an Ikea? I mean, it's meatballs. Yeah. yeah, that's, right. yeah. Meatballs that's what I think of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that makes sense. I admire. I kind of my. She said very nice tattoo, and I'd be interested in seeing that. Like the the art, the artistic prowess of this tattoo artist who brought the Swedish chef to life. This Car- one's from. Uh, this one's from Charlie, and this is funny. I didn't, Tyler. I didn't know you went to college with Charlie. It says um, <laughs> the best tattoo I saw. <laughs> Oh, it was definitely a student at my college who got YOLO tattooed down the back of his arm. The problem is that it was crooked, so when he wore his bro tanks, it kind of curved to one side on the bottom. Again, Tyler, I didn't notice it curved. I didn't want to say anything. You know what's funny is they he really probably, botched it. He probably doesn't know. It's on the back of his arm. <laughs> yeah, he right. can't see. I, don't, I have no idea he what probably talking about. Like, <laughs> I, told, I just told the artist to go wild. When he yeah, angles, go. you know, to like bring his arm around and look in the mirror, you know, like it, like it angles the arm and it's straight in the mirror. Right. And then when he hangs, this is not me, but I do have a tattoo on the back of my arm, and I get asked about it a lot because it's a, it's there's a there's kind of a lot going on on it's it. A Swedish and, chef uh, playing the and bass. I can never tell like now who's now what's this going on here on the bottom, and I'm like I don't remember. But <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to figure it out. But it's very cool, right? Yeah, but, right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I probably Carter. <laughs> Carter saw a guy. Uh, he can't figure out why he got it, but the tattoo says "Keep it 100 beers, not fears." Again, if people knew the official state slogan of Northern Florida, they would know that that's, you know, (laughs) we have like E Pluribus Union on our coins and, you know, Virginia has six Simper Tyrannus on their flag. Uh, It's it's keep it 100 beers, not fears in Florida. It's very, (laughs) very rapid. It's right there in the state house. The thing about Florida people don't understand is it's five different states in one. I mean, in South Florida, North Florida, Central Florida, they're all Mm -hmm. radically different. This state slogan unites us all. South Florida's ah. keep it 100. North Florida's beers, not fears. So the official slogan is keep it 100 beers, not fears. So yeah. <laughs> everybody feels yeah. represented. They, they, you know, on the map, they have it, uh, it, it, you know, divided between there's a line right down the middle. It's yeah. South Beach and Mud Park. And that's yep. the two big that's the two Florida. I can't get my brain around a mud park. I still can't understand. You it. go mudding and you're, and you're SUVing your four wheels. You go and like kick up all the mud with your big tires. Wow. Yeah, there you go. Not take uh, much okay. to entertain a Floridian. Uh, Timothy, Timothy here. Um, this one seems nitpicky. And honestly, I wouldn't even know. Like, I, I would not know that this was a, um, you know, typo. typo. Yeah, because uh, Timothy posted a picture of his friend who has Psalms. It says Psalms 23.4 on his arm. And evidently, when you write scripture reference for the book of Psalms, uh, you're not supposed to make it plural. You're supposed to say Psalm. 20. That seems it's like a little, you're it's splitting a, hairs it's there. a little, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what you don't realize is that he was actually trying to get Psalm 423 tattooed <laughs> on his <laughs> That's where it all went sideways. All right, that'll do it for last week's feedback. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Earlier in the show, we spent quite a bit of time pontificating about our very own Bishop Annie F. Downs's <laughs> Hallmark movie. Oh, Lord. The one set on the lovely dude ranch with all the Wranglers and their chaps. <laughs> Today's question of the week is, we want to know the title and tagline 
and maybe some casting choices or key wow. plot devices for Annie F. Downs' Hallmark movie. What would you call wow, it? Wow, wow, And what would it be about? Let us know. You can tweet us at Relevant Podcast. Let us know. And who knows? Some of our more ambitious and creative people may just make a movie poster. Yeah. Oh boy! Or secure funding to uh, get this like project off the ground, or, or just send <laughs> us on the vacation trailers. for a week. Hey, I come hey, back. Hey, listen. From my understanding, Netflix is basically buying anything these days. <laughs> Greenlighting. So you know, so we've I got think a real shot here. Got, yeah, if I know exactly. anything about Hollywood, all you need is a name and a movie poster, and then I think you're, after you're that, the, the plot, the the script, and all that's just secondary. It's so like wow. it's like the um the Michael Scott when he <laughs> his version was. She was like, it was uh, Holly was like, Michael, you're gonna cry. You cry even just describing your own fake movie. He goes, Holly. He had no arm. He had no arms or legs. He couldn't see, speak, or hear. <laughs> this is how he led a nation. And then Michael starts tearing up. Basically, that's what we want. That's okay. what we're looking for, people. Wow! 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 This Here is we how go. he led a nation. Any, any, what, what celeb do you hear you look like? Uh, who do you, who do you get compared uh, the to? The most I hear is Emma Stone. I can see that. Yeah, I hear Emma Stone a lot. So you cast her. Okay. Yeah. She's, a, she's a big name. That's she's a, very, a big name. Yeah. She'll yeah. she'll bring in. She'll, she'll get she'll get butts in seats. She'll be into this story. Yeah. She loves yeah. a denim con. So. Uh-huh. She'll be into I just wear, she, she loves denim jeans. based love stories. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing, Don't we all? Let's just call it. Don't we all I'm, love I'm, denim based love stories? I'm not connecting with Jesse's twist about you know you know I was ex- expecting that they would find love on the prairie you know no. and Same. then Jesse Jesse. It's like his twist was no, it was years later at DenimCon in a, in a fluorescent lighting cinder block room in Des Moines. And I'm going, you know what, though? That makes great literature because he, he, he zigged where I thought he would zag. Exactly. And it, it keeps you turning the page. I, I, I didn't yeah. see it. I didn't buy in. But Jesse is genius. And I'm, in, I'm in now. Yeah. It's real popular. Great. Twist and Buckle turns up. the whole way. You know, and that's, that, and that's the first seven minutes of the movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what happens? It ends, it's, it ends it's, in the Nevada desert with a lot of genes involved. We can't go there yeah. yet, but it, yeah. it ends How with them die. collectively dying while storming Area 51. What a tale! <laughs> oh what my a tale! What a it's, like, it's like a scene in Braveheart. It's like it's like the last samurai. We're just you know what? You know what? Down. You know what? He's his love and passion and knowledge is he's a horse guy, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's gonna block. The one road to Area 51. Who's coming in to save the day but all the ranchers? And he comes in with an army of horses. The ranchers. That's how they traverse, that's how they traverse the, ter- the terrain. Yeah. Yeah. They are uh, very great, good on horseback. It's amazing. There's can, a rodeo at the beginning of the week. Yeah. It's amazing. Can so the last see an opportunity, I see an opportunity for a Lil Nas X needle drop. Right as they, right as they yeah. show up, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna take my horse. It's like they did for the Rambo. They do like a cool. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna take my horse to the old town, and like the audience. But it's got like uh, you know, uh, like the guy who scored Dark Knight is like scored. But, 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 but like as they're as they're charging, like he really glances back here. in slow mo at Annie on her horse, and uh-huh. there's like a love look between the two, and yeah. it's kind yeah. of a Thelma and Louise storm the gates kind of moment. Yeah. The yeah. music comes up. They kind of, you don't know what happens. They black, all the black soprano style. And, and then yeah. it says, and then, it, then it comes up on the screen that says two years later. And it's basically a recreation oh. of the last scene of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind where Annie is boarding an alien ship. Uh, 
with her Wrangler boyfriend and yeah. all the generals from the Air Force are Two years and he's still just my boyfriend? Are saluting her. Well, you guys are going to live with the aliens, so it doesn't okay, really matter. matter. They have their whole thing. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Marriage all, is different up there. All, yeah. The United States Air Force generals are now wearing denim instead of their olive green, and they're saluting okay. you as you take off with the aliens to start a new life. <laughs> <laughs> so, we a lot of franchise. Maybe we make a whole denim con universe here, you know? Wow. So, so Andy, yeah. wait, in all of, the, all of what he just described, the one thing that you can't wrap your head around is plausible <laughs> is that it took two years and you're still dating. Yeah, just that's slow, the most Annie. unbelievable part of this movie yeah. to me. Annie, listen, this guy, this Wrangler isn't into rushing into anything unless it is the storming the gate of Area 51. That's the that's only right. thing he rushes that's into right. is Area that's 51. Right. Okay. We, can, we can sell we can sell Annie on aliens. But that's on why storming Area 51 on my horseback. We can't sell her on waiting two years. Hey, I just said the movie ends sure. with you oh. going to live with an alien no. civilization. No. You had no hang up no, with no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but it's oil and water. It's black and white. It's yin and yang. It's he, Annie has seized the day. Carpe diem. Let's go. I love you. Let's get married. He's slow and thoughtful and methodical mm-hmm. and careful and strong. He's not going to rush scared. into anything. <laughs> he, has a lot of, he has a lot of daddy issues from his upbringing. The other, the other so, thing yeah, is yeah. very indecisive. Yeah. He's got he's got a long week at offsite before he can you know really feel like on-site, he's ready. On-site. Whatever. On-site. <laughs> well, no, no, that was a, it. Was a miss. Offsite is the new one. It, yeah. it was a big misunderstanding. That's why he's going with the aliens. He's like, is that where offsite is? Like yeah. after this, like it's with aliens. All right. Well, I got to figure oh, some stuff out. Figure out what it was. Like I can't wait. How moving people. so much as a child really instilled the fear of commitment. So <laughs> beat me up, boys. Take me to Planet Zarkon and we'll get to the bottom of this and maybe I'll be ready to pop the old question. Oh, no, I don't know my Enneagram number. Should I go back and grab the book? I, I, I don't know you guys had one. No! <laughs> All right, hit us up on Twitter at Rolling Podcast and tell us the name and tagline and any major plot points, casting decisions, creative for Annie F. So Hallmark movie. Oh, I can't wait. Oh. Good. I'm very excited about this. Many thanks to John Mark McMillan for joining us. Uh, The new issue of Relevant, issue 100, with that conversation and so much more is out now. Go check it out. You can uh, subscribe at relevantmagazine.com. You can view it there as well. And it's available at newsstands nationwide. Uh, Also, thanks to Squarespace for making the episode possible. Remember to go to squarespace.com slash relevant for free trial. When you're ready to launch your website, use the offer code relevant. Save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, there's a lot of new uh, podcast gear at the Relevant store. Go check it out, store.relevantmagazine.com. There's, uh, you know, tagline mugs and other swag that you can uh, go check out. I'll say this. The water the waterbed patch kits have been selling well. I've seen people on Twitter uh, <laughs> taking so pictures. It's so the mail. funny to it's me. It's really oh, ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's just a two-inch vinyl sticker. <laughs> but it's going great. The water, yeah, things are really going well. They're right. really going well. Hey, if you like the show, head over to uh, Apple Podcasts and give us a uh, review and uh, maybe a little five-star action. That'd be nice. And uh, tell yeah. us what you think about the show. It helps us spread word and helps other people find the show. We've been doing this since 2005 and we still got to ask people to help us spread word. You know? And let's do this. A lot of the ones lately have been really nice and kind. Do a couple of funny ones in there. I might read one. I don't oh, need. I, I don't need to be built up. I do I, not. Hey, but it, just FYI, it is not funny for you to put a one star review and a bad comment like as a joke. That actually messes up the show. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> if, oh, yeah. if you get a five, if you give us a five star review and your review Say is very want. funny, I will yeah. promise we'll read a couple. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh All boy. Right. 
And uh, while you're at Apple Podcasts, check out Annie's show. That sounds fun with Annie F. Downs and yeah. our newest podcast, Relevant Daily, which is bringing you the intersection, what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture every weekday. And uh, season two of Unedited is coming out in a couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for that. All right. Well, on that note, we will wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. Tyler Huckabee. And I am for real a cowgirl extraordinaire. <laughs> Looking for her cowboy extraordinaire. Apparently. All right. We'll see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. You keep me stewing, all I feel this nameless direction. And I think I'm losing connection. Thank you for listening to the relevant podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Find him, Postman. Find him. It's urgent. Relevant Podcast Network.